slam bars and bunkers. I'm Will Jones with my good pal, Ronnie Martin, where we talk all things life, labor, and leisure. What up, Rodney? What's going on, Will? Nothing, man. We're, dude. This is is a different program tonight, uh, a a day later than what we usually do. Complete mess. It's just (laughs) a complete mess. Definitely. Definitely a complete mess. So, look, what's, yeah, look, look, I went on a golf trip this weekend. Thursday night, I left Friday morning at 7.30. Thursday night, the last thing I did was went to the ER. I get back Sunday afternoon. Everything's closed. Son, the oldest son's sick now. Middle son on Thursday evening, sorry to that, he busted his head. Yesterday, get home. Now everybody's sick. Still got to go play golf though, right? <laughs> Today? No. I no, didn't. no, no. On the weekend though. I did. I did get to go play golf. Everybody's fine. I had to stay home today, be a real dad. Hey, you know, sometimes you got to do that. I got to, you know, I got to do it. I'm trying. I'm trying. And uh, you've you've had a rough day today. It sounds yeah, like yeah. It's uh, it we've got these morning. custom cables though. Yeah, yeah. It started this morning. Um, you know, uh, before you even get to work, you know, uh, employee calls out. It's, you just know it's going to be one of those days, you know, and then supposed to get here a little early, start the show a little early. That doesn't happen. I uh, forget half the stuff that I'm supposed to bring. I think we started early compared to normal time. Yeah, yeah, though. but still, later than what we said we would do. We we lost our guest. <clears throat> lost our guest today. Um, He's never going to talk to us again. No, we said we're just going to wing it here. He unfollowed know. me on Instagram. Did he really? No. No, he didn't. <laughs> No, it seems like a cool place, though. We need to really definitely have him in there. Um, so this week, um, you know, we, we said it's life, labor, leisure, you know, sandbars and bunkers. We've got another side of the the, the cast of we're both avid fishermen. We, we'd like to dabble in that, you know, anything to anything to be away from the weekends. That's, I guess that's what we're going for. Anything to make our wives hate us, yeah, we, you know, we try to do. That's what my wife says. You've got another fucking hobby? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got plenty of them. Just keep on. Well, so, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'd love to be into tennis, too, but. Yeah, tennis, tennis is, uh, I think I need to go buy a couple of rackets now that you're talking about it. Uh, I may be moving a set of golf clubs, so buy a couple of rackets to put in place. So yeah, we might get into RC cars. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Uh, <laughs> so, it's just you know, it's it's just whatever you know. Well, we're uh, getting old enough now that we would probably right. we would probably move on to the airplanes. That's right. Well, I was I was thinking we uh, got a room for a, we got what the hell was that? I don't know. Oh, one of your clubs fell over in the wall here. I think this place is haunted. It is haunted. We we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Don't you think? It's kind of. Don't you kind of get that feeling? Oh yeah, definitely. When definitely. you turn the lights off and it's look weird. back in here, like because anytime I've ever been in a place where I turn the lights off and look back in it, and I don't want to look back again, it's probably got that oh, going yeah. on. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Well, it didn't help. A couple of weeks ago, we were here and uh, I look out in the parking lot. It, it, we were finishing up kind of late. Um, Looked out in the parking lot, and the guy has, uh, I see a light over there, and I guess he was dumpster diving. 
out in the parking lot. And then he walks over to this mural that's painted on this wall and acts like he's finishing it up. I have no idea. We get some wild uh, characters through this area. He was pissing on the wall. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? I think so. Well, so, yeah, so the so what we're doing here is, uh, you know, going um, – I've got a buddy that lives in Colorado. Will just bought a new uh, – what would you get? It is a – it's a John boat. So we – I wanted to go with the whole minimalistic approach on this, and I wanted something for, uh, you know – longevity purposes something that i don't have to really worry about low maintenance uh not not doing a ton to it don't have to worry about it much you know got uh generation three 14 foot john boat it's like over six foot at the stern right about four foot or a little more at the bow fairly large john boat super wide got a deck built on it we're you know, getting you in them hard to reach spots, right? Yeah, well, that nobody else can. Right, but it's more just like I don't really do all that as much as like my main thing is smallmouth fishing in the winter at Del Hala, and then some river fishing. Um, but uh, so it, the bug has it, it bit me. A, I mean, it's never really left, but it's one of those things. Like I sold my other boat back in the spring. And then it really hurts when you don't have a boat, even yeah. though you've got a boat in the basement that you're not using. Like, you still know you got one. <laughs> yeah, you know what definitely. I mean? So, like, all you got to do is get one if you want to start fishing I've again. Got, I've got the best kind of boat. My my buddy Mike's got a boat. And uh, he says I can go out anytime he wants. I want it with it. So That's the best one to that's, have. That is the best ones to have. He's taken me out quite a bit. I kind of got into fishing this summer, back into fishing. As I say, uh, you know, just kind of getting back into it. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, you know, I'm going to support whatever my friends do. Uh, a buddy of mine owns a rod company out of Colorado. He makes, uh, custom, custom fishing rods and I'm not sold on the design. I mean, he tells me, you know, why he does this, uh, certain style of rod and then why I should be fishing it. But I have no idea about it. You know, I just know he makes quality stuff and this guy's broke it down to the T uh, we may have him on here tonight. Uh, you know, I'm going to let Will use one of my custom rods this week, see how he likes it. After I'm excited just... about that as well as <clears throat> the electronic breaking on the Corrado. Yeah, I did. I went out, and I'm, I'm used to older uh, vintage reels like Will is, going back to the old Ambassador days, the Bantam days. And, you know, just like uh, Hefty Lefty said last week about golf clubs, you know, there's a new – there's new technology out there. Why not use it? You know? And so I went out, uh, and I got a couple of the newer high end reels of the, uh, of the uh, uh, Shimano Corrados, the, uh, DCs and, uh, man, I, I fished with them and I really liked them. Uh, I was using on a Loomis rod. Now I've switched to one of the, um, I want to say, Hey, what kind of lines <coughs> on that reel? Um, on that reel is going to be, um, I don't know. I have no idea. You didn't go all out. It, it's not monofilament, you know? Yeah, I know. So, it's I mean, it's, it's fluorocarbon, but, um, what, I'm not what sure. Is it? 
I figured it was gonna. Be. It's I gonna think... be the Seeger. Oh, okay. Seeger line. Okay. You know, I thought I, nothing, it... nothing crazy, nothing top of the line. Cigar, cigar, cigar. Or, yeah. or, or Bob's brand. Bob's brand cigar. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's it's not cigar. It's cigar. C i g a r. It's like it's like I the thought, the knockoff uh, version. Uh, no, thought, actually, if you you're gonna, gonna buy if you're gonna buy a two hundred and fifty dollar reel and a four hundred dollar rod, you're gonna have more than a ten dollar reel of line on there. Yeah. So well, I, knowing you, I figured you were gonna have some sunline or something on there, but yeah, yeah, it's sun, it's sun, sunline it sniper, uh, spider wire. Yeah, I've got yeah Berkeley trolley. Uh, well, I was looking at my rods. Because I went and got a couple from my mom's house earlier from when I was still living over there. So that's how long it's been since I've fished a lot. And um, I've moved twice since then. Yeah. And uh, a couple of the rods had some, uh, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Cajun, Cajun line. Yeah. That's, and it's, it's red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It's about I hope, it's about $5 for 1,000 yards. I, uh, I great you great tie, stuff. I great hope you stuff. tie on a $12 jig or crankbait and you cast in some itch snaps right out in the middle with I, yeah, yeah probably yeah, i hope you do i hope you do okay. really i do well i don't fish that stuff usually <clears throat> but all right so uh so so we so may if have you thought, yeah yeah and and let me just say if you thought last week's episode was boring <laughs> strap one. in motherfuckers <laughs> Grip down, <laughs> grip down. No, it's it's just a different just a different area, you know. Uh, we, but I we, think we love, this will be pretty good. We, we love golf. Um, you know, I, I played this weekend, had a blast. My boy Craig got into an altercation. Uh, some guys were uh, walking. You know, there. I, I thought it was his caddy. There was three guys, and two of them had bags. And yeah, caddy. At I thought it was yeah, highfalutin course, Riverside. Uh, golf links uh if you had, look it up it's um it's a really nice course um so these two guys were walking and the one had the bag but they were all playing out of two bags and if you walk up a huge sign right on the front of the building every player must have their own bag well craig was into it uh you know he's had a few he's putting it down a few he's having the game of his life too he's, he played really well this weekend everything was going well for him uh me not so much um, going on one of the last holes, we were trying to get as much in as we could. Uh, I guess they teed off uh, the close. Uh, I mean, the holes pretty much run right at each other. And uh, a ball comes, you know, of course, you know, Craig has his rush playing on his little boom box that he left out there. But, uh, you know, volume 99, you know, and the, <laughs> the ball hits a tree, goes right five feet from him. Craig had something to say. Uh, the guys were Norwegian. I, I don't know, not Norwegian. They're uh, New Zealand, Belgium. New Zealand are, I, don't, I have no idea. Was that our Belgium listeners? I know they were. They were. They were foreigners. Um, you know, super nice guys though. But Craig wasn't having it. Uh, the guy was like, "If you turn down your music, bro, you would hurt me." So Craig tried to fight him. Uh, it went. They weren't going nowhere. But um, that was my. That was my week of. Weekend of playing golf, uh, good times. Uh, uh, Wheel Wheel went out on a, I guess a golf weekend. Um, I hadn't talked to him till today. I have no idea what he's been doing. Uh, ass. You say that? I don't know. He said he won a lot of money. I don't I know. That's like yeah. I won a considerable amount of money. Uh, 
I don't know if you can hear him or not. He said he won a considerable amount of money. Hey, we're having a podcast. Get over here and put I'm your headphones on. What are you trying to do? Okay, I, I guess I got I got to man the ship here, and uh, why he's over picking his ass or whatever he's doing, I don't I don't know. So we're yeah we're we're here and uh, here on a Monday night. We're usually doing it on a Sunday night. A uh, little different, um, like I said, uh, trying to get some different different stuff going here. And uh, we had a guest. Uh, the guest couldn't make it tonight. Uh, you know, Monday night. I'm I'm sure he had a week in, a weekday like I did. You know, and um, we don't know how it's going to go from there. Um, I guess he's setting something up. I don't know. Yeah, I am, dude. Well, good, good. It's about time you do something. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Will, Will showed me his boat last week. Got a boat. Looks pretty cool. Kids look like they were digging it, you know. And uh, We're live on the ground. <laughs> so, so, that's awesome. Uh, we're going to give my buddy Maddie a call here in a little bit. He's into a little bit of everything. He's out of Colorado. A uh, little bit different fishing there. Uh, he does. Uh, he, he's got the ice fishing going on. He's got a little bit of everything. So, I'm gonna give him a call. Let me, to hey, let tell, me, me, let tell me, me about your golf. Yeah, let me tell you about how much. Yeah. let me tell you about me kicking everybody's ass. But we lost the main. Like at the end. So this is a a yearly trip. Um, it's about sixteen guys. We all rent a house. Like this That's Airbnb awesome. was like a thousand dollars a night. Had a dock, diving board, slide. It was sick. That's cool. One of the rooms had like 10 beds in it. It was all bunk, so it was like boot camp. Oh, yeah? Two of the motherfuckers in there, and I went in there <laughs> to charge my phone to use somebody's phone charger, and there was two sleep app machines. Oh. So this shows you the kind of guys I'm going on golf trips with, you know. Um, but they some degenerate gamblers. Um, they play uh, AC-Doocy, um, like... I so no rush. I don't really mess with those uh, as far as music. Yeah. Uh, mostly, one of the guys there is a big Wheeler Walker fan. Wheeler um, Walker Jr. Okay. Yeah. Nobody. So, so I had to listen to that bullshit the whole time. Not. I mean, it's like, like it's like Two Life Crew. Like you know, you hear it for ten minutes and you're like, Ugh. and yeah. then after like two days, you're like, please turn that shit off. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, can we listen to, yeah, you know, uh, Rush. Um, Anything. What? Just listen to anything else? Anything Any, else. Anything. And yep. then and the, the rest of the time, it was like Jelly Roll and stuff. And uh, strange. Very strange. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I play, it was a Jack Nicholas course. A lot of fun. Tim's Ford Lake. Um, great, great swimming. Uh, they caught some catfish there. Ate some good food. Jaw cut open a cantaloupe and pull off naked and jump in the water. <laughs> what? Jaw cut open a cantaloupe down by the lake and pull off naked and jump in the water. Yeah. That's the way to do it, ain't it? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, one guy did did uh, not bring any swimming trunks, and he's uh, rather out of shape, and he was just in his underwear. That's right. And uh, Everybody's got a right to get wet, dude. He had a beautiful dive, though. Oh, yeah? yeah. Jackknife in there? Oh, it was just, like, it was a tan, like beautiful, beautiful form. Didn't even have a fishing pole, did you? Couldn't take it. Well, dang it. You got the, 
<laughs> no, I don't have that one. Okay. I don't think so. All right, well let's let's see what our boy's doing. All right, we're gonna give my boy Matt a call. Um, we've tried this before. It's we're about fifty fifty on if it works or not. Uh, we're gonna give him a call right now. Uh, let's see how this goes. Uh, Rodney's drinking woodchuck hard <clears throat> cider sangria. Hey, it was given to me. Red um, and fruity. If it's, Not only if it's is free, it just if it's woodchuck free, hard cider, it's sangria. If it's free, I'll drink it. Uh, let's call my boy Matt here and see how this works. <laughs> well, it's working. Our live, our live viewers can't That's hear it. this, but they can hear us. Well, Hello, this is Matt. What, what's up, Matty? This is Rodney. Hey, how's it you're going? Here with, you're here with me and Will at Sandbars and Bunkers, and uh, just gave a just gave him a little bit of intro uh, intro about you, what you do, and uh, see if I missed anything. Um, so uh, Francis Rod Company on Instagram. I, I, I'm sitting here with Will. I brought one of the first rods I got from you. And sweet, he said it. He says it looks like it's screwed up, man. Everybody down here with, uh, the, on, with the twisted, on, with the twisted uh, eyelets. So. Hold on, man. I, I I question this at first, but I've since looked it up, and I've seen this is something that's been done uh, for a while, like saltwater fishing. Correct? Oh, uh, that's true. Um, it's actually um, it's been done in saltwater fishing, but also bass fishing. It's kind of uh, kind of a niche thing. Uh, it has ex- uh, spiral wraps have existed for probably a good decade or so. Um, but I can kind of give you a rundown of sort of the basic principles behind it and why why it's better. Please uh, do. I try to I try to explain to Ronnie. Will. Ronnie doesn't even know. Dude. I, I, hey, I just say my boy. <laughs> my, you know, my boy Matt makes it. It's got to be good. This guy breaks everything down, science wise. Anything that he's into. And, uh, you know, and I, I said, you've got to listen to it. I said, you know, instead of listening to me talk about it, I'm just going to bring you a rod and you fish it and tell me what you think. Yeah. And you I'm know, excited yeah, I about it. I've seen, uh, I, I forget the brand, but I did say that like, uh, Cliff Crochet, um, has a, uh, has a signature rod that's, I forget the company, but it's spiral wrap too. So that's kind of, Oh, very me. cool. Yeah. It's probably a spiralite, if I had to guess. I think so. Um, there's not a whole lot of people out there that are known companies that uh, that do spiral wraps. Um, but like I said, I can kind of give you a little rundown on why it's better and maybe give a little insight on that. Um, and Rodney, I, I feel like you kind of hit it on the head. I mean, anything that I do, I try to to really kind of get the most out of it. So... You know, these, these rod blanks that I'm building on are, uh, are all made in USA uh, rod blanks. Um, all the carbon fiber components on there are made in USA uh, by Gary Loomis out in Woodland, Washington area. And so my mentality behind it is if I'm buying one of the best blanks on the planet, I may as well try to optimize performance to the, the absolute maximum. So that's kind of the principle that I, that I build my rods behind. Um, and so again, if you, uh, if you look at fishing rods from a very subjective standpoint, or if you listen to any of, uh, Gary Loomis's, um, interviews about fishing rods, the best way to maximize 
um, sensitivity and performance in a fishing rod is to make it as light as possible. Uh, he, uh, the way he says it is weight is a deterrent to performance. So essentially you want to try and carve off every tiny bit of, of weight that you can get, um, because weight kind of dampens the sensitivity that comes through a rod. And so spiral wrapping in part kind of does that, um, because you're coming around the side of the rod, you're coming through the plane of the rod, you get to eliminate one and sometimes two guides from the guide train, which seems pretty trivial as far as weight goes, but it adds up quickly, um, mostly not just because of the guide itself, but also because of the epoxy, the wraps, um, you know, it's thread wrapped and then you cover that with epoxy. So every time you can kind of delete some of that weight off of the, uh, off of the blank, you actually kind of turn up the volume on the sensitivity. Uh, the epoxy sort of dampens the, um, sensitivity that comes through the rods on a very minuscule scale. But when you talk about rods that have sometimes 10 or 11 guides on a traditional, um, on a traditional, uh, bait caster, um, it starts to get, you know, it starts to, uh, affect the sensitivity of a rod. The, Is that Pete the back more there? That you, no. <laughs> The no, the, uh, the the neighbor dogs are giving me a hard time here. I had to to move a little bit. I'm not here multitasking we're, today. We're just we're just glad you're you're, yeah. you're able to come on. And so uh, go, 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 you go. Yeah, ahead. You, you yeah. Ask some questions, Will, because I I basically told Will that not really. I just said, look, man, yeah. Matt says it's good. I'm going to use it. It's my boy. I, that's what I said. Dude, I Ronnie, said, look, Ronnie had well, no idea, dude. He just said it was. Well, I'm going to give you. Look cool. And I said, like, I, I okay, said, I'm going to. I'll pay for it. I said, if my buddy does it, if my buddy does it, and I, that's what I'm going to go do, I'm going to buy something that a, a you know a friend does. Anything like sure. that. That's that's you know I'll start out with it. Everybody that I've showed it to is kind of like, oh, it's a two piece rod, and the the tips swing around. <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's yeah. it's made this way. And, uh, yeah. man, and I mean, you do a phenomenal job on everything. Uh, I mean, that's why I have three of them and want three more right now. Um, <laughs> but I really yeah. appreciate that. And I really, really appreciate your, uh, you supporting my work. That's, yeah. uh, it really means a lot to me. Well, man, so I really appreciate like that. Like I said, we, we, we kind of met, uh, actually we've never met in person. Um, you know, we've, we've been in other, um, other hobbies together and, you've always been very informative, you know, to me, just a new person reaching out about anything else that I've done. You've always been the one to, you know, to tell me the secrets or, you know, stuff. I mean, you're really open about it and it's not like, Oh, this is my secrets. Don't tell anybody. You're like, Hey man, <laughs> this may work for you. This is the way I do it. And you know, where I just jump right into it. I'm sure you have some like studying and stuff about it, you know, and that's what I was telling Will. I was like, look, man, if Matt says it's good, it's good. I'm coming from a traditional cork handle rod. I'm sure that's the way mm -hmm. Will was. You a big cork handle guy? Yeah, I mean, until like <clears throat> recent years where everybody started doing the split handle stuff, you know. But, yeah, like, I mm -hmm. mean, everything for me has been like a big company. Uh, you're not um, – where are you from, Matt? Uh, I live in Colorado. I live okay. in Pueblo, Colorado. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the uh, big thing around here, of course, we're all Tennessee River stuff, you know. So, uh, Oh, yeah. When, that when, sounds like a good time to me. Right. When when Duckett, of course, you know, I'm a big Dale Hall guy. 
but so a lot of my stuff's done with a spinning reel anyways but like do fish kentucky lake a lot or did before it's kind of went downhill and stuff but so duck it's been big um around like rodney lives on the lake where a real like i'm i'm sure you've heard of like hoppies you know lure company maybe oh yeah yeah sure so hoppies is there they're from old hickory where rodney lives um hmm. and are uh, they are they the same same folks that produce like the gun cleaning solvents i don't know about that probably uh, probably oh. i don't know i, that, I, man. Know, I, I know okay um but um but like uh here a brand that's uh pretty popular and's always did some interesting stuff because they were uh tied in a lot with a local guy here that's recently felt well you probably remember punisher lures right Paul Mueller oh, yeah. was yep. okay. Okay, so that was mm-hmm. that was Stephen Hedrick, and he's owned a gas station that was on the way to Del Hollow, and he made those in the basement of this gas station. Um, wow! Yeah, and he was like the the famous guy at Del Hollow because Billy Westmoreland was like his mentor, and long you know long line of smallmouth fishing. But since then, um, he's got like strung out and stuff somebody bought the company from him i think it's called Del hollow tackle company or something like that now but there's a company here called uh all pro rods that uh, i was actually looking at one of their rods in my basement today that i have that's um a bill lewis and it's old uh full cork handle and stuff it's a telescopic uh swim jig rod and it's a seven uh seven six heavy but it's parabolic i mean it's super interesting rod you know Hmm. um and it's telescoping telescopic yes crazy wow interesting yeah very interesting yeah it's an interesting rod so like uh i just bought a new reel today uh because i just bought a boat again and i'm looking to i'm gonna start fishing smallmouth fishing again this winter and uh i put i put a bantam on it so yeah. i'm gonna say so he's like the old vintage reels like i was and, <laughs> yeah sweet yeah and uh Matt, maddie sweet maddie he he respects it he's a big quantum guy now uh but he respects the old stuff i mean in vintage or whatever you know oh and, yeah but the, the coolest thing that you know i was talking to him about is when i got back into it you go to your bass pro shops you go to your uh dick sporting goods and if you look at anything, even the high-end rods, nothing is made in the USA anymore. Zero. It's yeah. all, you know. Yep. And you don't know what you're really getting anymore, you know. And it's like, okay, is it, you know, just because so-and-so uses, you know, all ducat rods, lose reels, you know. Well, <laughs> well, and talking about, like, ducat, you know, ducat was, and that's where I was going with the all-pro thing, talking about that rod, was, uh, you know, especially at that time that that rod was produced, they were and they've went out of business too but they're really you know small batch you know like one of their biggest um dealers was uh flippers which i yeah, know rodney's yeah. familiar with like they're that right was the yeah like it's a super local company but like really high quality stuff you know just all small batch and like at the you know there was a point in time where where uh you know, Boy Duckett stuff was was small batch. Yeah, definitely. You know, before definitely. you could go and, then, and, mm-hmm. and and Lou's when Lou's came back into it, Lou's yeah. was the same Bob way. Browning and yeah, Lou's and on. and now you know where where for a while you know Fluger was making all Bass Pros, 
um, pro qualifiers and all that stuff. Like now you can definitely tell Lou's is making all of Bass Pro's stuff again, right. you know. I mean, so 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 what makes uh your rods different than any off the shelf rod that you would get, Matt? Sure, yeah. So uh, a couple of things to jump in there and comment. So the one thing about quantum reels, um, the unfortunate thing about the world that we live in today is that every single fishing reel out there is made overseas. There's, to my knowledge, there's not a single company in the United States that makes a high quality reel, either spinning or bait casting, with the exception of some salt fishing reels and some fly fishing reels. There are a handful of companies um, that dabble in that that are domestic, but nobody has stepped up to do that in the United States, which is kind of surprising to me. But um, the main reason that I go with Quantum is because when it comes to bass fishing, every every reel that you buy is made overseas and so you really can't get away from that so the only reason that i really go with quantum is because they've got a really great warranty it's a five-year warranty it's kind of a no questions asked thing if it breaks within five years uh they replace it so um, i do have a little bit of a pro staff relationship with them and you know for because i fish here competitively in colorado also um but you know i'm just kind of barely affiliated with them so Really, it just comes down to practicality, and the reels are expen are uh, inexpensive. They have a really great warranty, and they've got pretty darn good customer service. So that's kind of the main reason that I go with Quantum. I don't really feel like there's a big quality difference these days between even like Shimano and Quantum. I feel like they're all kind of in the same realm, yeah. and I can't really justify paying twice as much for a reel that's still made in Taiwan. Definitely, yeah. Um, and, and, when you know. Shimano stuff like that was it's kind of like uh like Mizuno's did uh in the golf world is like like Shimano stuff that was once like all produced in Japan like now a lot of it's mm -hmm. been like assembled and stuff in Malaysia yeah. and stuff right it's cheaper labor yeah right? and so probably because of the yeah. demand you can't keep up oh with the it. first new Karata after the the <clears throat> E7 or the or the E series or whatever like the mm -hmm. the green with all the the gold accents you know the really good one that's still hot going for a lot of money when they came out mm -hmm. with that two-tone gray like i i actually uh was messing with one today that i had bought when they came back out with them dude like they're they're a joke like they're just turds yeah you know <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, there are, uh, there, the only exception to that rule, the, uh, the only two companies that I'm aware of that, uh, still make really high end reels are, they're both made in Japan and you can buy JDM, uh, Daiwa and JDM Shimano reels that yeah. are, you know, basically made in Japan as well as rods, but you will pay for them. That's all. Uh, the that, rods are. That, yeah. That's the way we that's do sure. go back to the golf stuff yeah, too. Yeah. It's, for it's, sure. They that's get everything what, before we do, yeah. you know, and it's a higher in quality. That's right. what in Shimano now, that's like what, metaniums, uh, scorpions yeah. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And so, you know, those reels are available, but you pay, you know, three to $500 for a reel. Right. Um, you know, I, I guess what the point that I was trying to get to there is that I'm pretty hard on my gear. So if a reel fails within five years and I can send it back and get kind of a no questions asked replacement, that's awesome. And if it lasts me five years, as much as right. I fish, yeah. I've got, I got my money's worth. Yeah. And so th that's really kind of the, the reason behind that. Uh, as far as the rods go, uh, one thing I wanted to mention uh, with cork versus carbon fiber uh, and what makes my rods a lot different 
um, is that, you know, I use all carbon fiber um, handle materials, which are also made by North Fork Composites, which is Gary Loomis's company out in Washington. And um, to my knowledge, there's only about four companies in the United States that you can buy a made in USA rod blank um, and, um, you know, some made in USA components through. Uh, North Fork Composites is one of those. That's Gary Loomis's company. Uh, Cash and Rods, I believe, they're out of Georgia, I want to say, or somewhere in the south. St. Croix, of course. You can buy blanks from some of those companies. Um, but aside from those, and I think there's one in Arizona, either, I think they're called, uh, team rain shadow. Okay. To my knowledge, those are, those are the only four blanks that you can buy that are domestic made in USA rod blanks anymore. So, um, you know, if you really follow fishing and you're really a, a big fishing nerd like I am, and you know who Gary Loomis is or what he's accomplished in the fishing world in his lifetime, he was really one of the first ones to really develop rod building, uh, fishing rod technology. And he comes from a, a machinist background. So his story is really interesting because, you know, he was a machinist for the military. Um, and basically he built his own machinery to build his rod blanks the way that he wanted to build rod blanks. So to me, it's just, it, it's really a cool part of history. Number one, Number two, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that has more experience from a, like a longevity standpoint than Gary Loomis does when it comes to rod building technology. So for me, it really all starts with the materials that I source for my rods. Um, and the fact that the rod blanks themselves are extremely sensitive, really light, very strong. Um, and, and, um, and then, you know, going to back to the handle material, Cork has been an industry standard for fishing rods for forever, basically. Um, from a technical standpoint, cork is not really an ideal uh, material to use because cork has a, a tendency to absorb sensitivity <clears throat> rather than transfer it. So it kind of acts as like, uh, you know, when, they, when you ring the dinner bell, the triangle, and it goes, dee -dee -dee -ding, but then you put your hand on it, it kills that tone right away. Right. Uh, going back to the, the, the guides being wrapped and the handle material that you're actually holding in your hand, those are all things that kind of deduct sensitivity from the rod as it's coming through the rod and sort of absorb and muffle some of that sensitivity. So in my opinion, the reason that cork has been used for so long is because A, it's cheap, B, it's really easy to work with um, when you're, you're reaming it to fit rods. It's really easy to work with. You put it on a little uh, mandrel and spin it. You don't really need a, a real lathe or anything like that. You can just kind of, you know, have a real simple setup for uh, shaping cork. And so that's why it's been used for so long. It's a really soft and malleable material. It's inexpensive. And so, you know, these big rod companies, I think, have always used it because it's really, you know, cost effective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only recently have we really developed, you know, high quality carbon fiber, uh, you know, materials. Um, you know, it's somewhat new technology and it hasn't really been applied to fishing for very much for a very long time. There are companies that are doing it again. A lot of Japanese rods use yeah. carbon fiber, um, things like that. That was the but there's really not. Go ahead. Uh, there's really not too many domestic companies that are doing anything with carbon fiber um handles you know 
graphite and things like that, but not really carbon fiber itself. That was the biggest thing with me, you know, when you were telling me about the carbon fiber, I, I, I didn't want like a tuner JDM car, you know, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and you were like, no, 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 you've got to get this carbon fiber in your hand. And I'm like, man, come on, you know, and you said, look, it's a matte finish. It feels great. I thought it would be really slick. Uh, you sent it to me and it's, I mean, we'll, we'll t- felt it today and it's, it feels almost like a rubber coated handle to me. And uh, I mean, like everybody, I put that rod in their hands. They're like, Oh my God, it's, it's, it feels great. I, I, I don't know about the, about the eyelets, but they, they cast it and they're like, man, that's, it must be the real, not the rod, you know? And I'm like, no, no, that's the, that's the rod. That's the way it is, you know? And everybody's like, yeah. Oh, and so it? to, to, to speak to that a little bit, so, you know, the, the handle material really helps eliminate weight, increases sensitivity. Uh, in my opinion, it's very comfortable. The material, the, the texture that you're talking about, uh, North Fork Composites calls that soft touch material. Yeah. <clears throat> I think what they do is maybe soda blast, carbon fiber. I'm not really too sure how they come up with that, but you're right. It has an almost kind of tacky, like rubbery Definitely. texture to it, but it's but it's pure carbon fiber. I think it's just the surface texturing is, um, gives it that effect. Um, as far as the cast, uh, but they are really like very comfortable and they reduce a crazy amount of weight and they don't take any of the sensitivity away from the rod. They transfer it. If you tap on it with a fingernail or with a a coin or something, you'll notice it's a very crisp click. Whereas if you do that to cork, it's kind of more of a, you know, a thud. It just kind of absorbs that sensitivity. And so that works both ways with sensitivity coming through the rod and, you know, going the other way also. Yeah, I, I so was going to use it regardless, you know, and then, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of hard to, you know, tell the guys here, you know, I, I've had a couple of guys from work, you know, I, I always keep a, um, a setup at my job and my work and uh, I let another one of my employees use it. And he was like, man, that's the best rod and reel combo I've ever used in my life. I like your style. Keeping a rod so, at work. That sounds I, like a great plan. I have to, you know, yeah, you never he know. Adds it. He, adds, <laughs> he, adds, he adds all the shit that he buys from his wife. So he has to keep it at work. I, I hide it there, you know, and just <laughs> bring it home. And like, now I see. You know, it's, it's, it, it goes into everything that I do. So and I, I didn't sure. bring the, I didn't bring him the x-ray blank. I just brought him the, the first one you built for me. And uh, yeah. so, I mean, there's different qualities as as it would be to anything out there. Um, yeah. In, in terms of quality, we're talking about modulus, which is essentially the density of the carbon fiber material. So uh, just to give you a quick explanation of that, modulus on a rod refers to basically how hard they compact the fibers together. Yeah. So a uh, 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 soft modulus or a standard modulus rod is going to be a lot more forgiving and sort of more durable. The higher modulus that you get to, um, they become a little bit more brittle because the nature of the material, it's denser. Right. Kind of the difference between, you know, chromoly and mild steel. Yeah. I have no idea Um, why you gave me the x-ray rod because this thing's going to snap because I'm horrible at it, you know, but you'd um, be surprised how strong (laughs) those rods are. But yeah, man, like I said, it's it's like second to none out there. And you know me, I, I like boutique shit, you know. So uh, if it's out there, yeah. man, and it looks cool, uh, I'm gonna try it. Um, sure. You know, I, well, I have one too. And if you have fished that rod, I I would challenge you to come up to 
find another rod out there that is as light and as sensitive as that as those are it's an it's really an excellent rod blade so so like we'll sit here how does he go about getting one of these from you if he decides he so likes I, it i have a question though go ahead go ahead all I right hear so um uh first off uh the rod that mm-hmm. i was talking about i pulled that up it's a it's a cast king cliff crochet spirale is what it is okay and and it looks okay. like it looks like the bottom eye has a micro guide in it and the rest of them are just regular eyes um but uh so one of the things that sitting here talking about and thinking about uh what's the guy that makes um uh that fishes with paul bailey that did the uh rod what's his name his name's matt too right um uh, you know, who, uh, you know who I'm know. talking about. Well, I know the Irod. I'm trying to think. I kind of have a mental picture of him. I can't remember his name. Um, let me let me look real quick. Anyways, sure. the uh, the point. I was talking to him for a while because one thing that I want to do with um, with my because you know you know how it is like you kind of get to the point where. Um, you know, a spinning a spinning reel is is annoying to a point when you um, when you get you know good with a bait caster, especially if you if you if there's something you can do with a bait caster that um, you don't have to use a spinning reel for, you're usually going to opt for that. You know, um, sure. And and one of the things that um, that I was talking to the guy at. Uh, I rod about was building some type of rod that would be uh, basically just a a finesse like smallmouth bait casting rod because like the thing we mainly fish with up here in the winter that I do a lot is like I'll be like you know fishing eight probably around six eight pound test fluorocarbon with uh, like three sixteenths to a quarter ounce hair jig. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I would have liked to have had, you know, all these years I've always thought like, man, I would love to have a casting set up for this with like a, you know, a 50 size spool, uh, metanium or something like that on it. Now, could you, uh, could you come up with some rod for that? Yeah, actually, if you're lucky day, I have one right now oh that is built out, built out and ready to go. Uh, not, uh, hasn't been spoken for yet. But I could also build one custom to basically whatever specs you want. The really cool thing about North Fork Composites is they have a a number system for their rod blanks that denotes the length and the power of the action of the of the rod. So, for instance, um, which rod did you uh, give him to use, Rodney? Was it the green and orange one? Yeah, the green and orange one, the first one that so you I'm pretty- built for me. It so was I'm like pretty a, sure that's a yeah. So that, I'm pretty sure that's a seven three. So it's a seven thirty six blank. So the seventy three means seven foot three, and then the six denotes the power of the rod. So it's basically the higher the number, the beefier the rod. The lower the number, the sort of the softer it is. <clears throat> so the really cool thing about North Fork Composites is that they offer hundreds of blanks in every length and power, literally that you can imagine. So um, if I'm trying to do something very specific with the rod, I build my rods very purpose-built. I have a rod for throwing jerk baits, one for throwing crankbaits. It's a hybrid glass. The front uh, third of it is, is glass material, and then it transitions into carbon. 
So it's got that really nice soft glass tip to it, but it's a medium heavy. And when it shuts off to the carbon, it, it gets really nice and firm. So I can throw a big crankbait on there. When I catch a fish and he's way out there, it's got an, enough moderate action in it that, you know, a lot of the time with a crankbait, you only get one hook in them or same with a jerkbait. Sometimes you only get one hook. So you want a rod that's very soft and moderate so that that hook doesn't pull. Uh, the fish doesn't, you know, pull off of that hook, especially on a long cast. And so the really cool thing about North Fork Composites is that you can order different blanks in any rod length and any rod power that you want to do specific things. Um, and so uh, to answer your question, I can build you something very specific. Um, I like, you know, throwing a jerk bait or a crankbait on a very soft and a very moderate rod that kind of bends very linear throughout the whole rod. Um, so, you know, I build my rods kind of with that in mind. Um, whereas, you know, if I'm throwing like a, a half ounce football jig on a rod, I want something that's a little stiffer that can handle throwing that heavier weight that when you, you know, are on rock, you really feel that rock because the rod's stiff enough that it doesn't get spongy when you kind of go to pull on things a little bit. Yeah, that's what so, I kind of had in mind with this uh, rod that <clears throat> Rodney's brought here is uh, one thing that I'd actually picked up today was like one of the other things we do at Del Hollow a lot is uh, we'll fish like a 3 eighths ounce or half ounce football head with like a, mm. uh, tech like swim bait on it, you know, or some other sort of swim bait and just kind of get down to, you know, real slow rolling it like 20 ish foot. Yeah. And, uh, that's what I was thinking, like something like that or like a football jig or something with this rod. Yeah. You can swim a jig real good with that. It'll throw a spinner bait really well, a swim jig. Um, like I said, you know, three eighths to half ounce, um, football head. I think that rod's actually rated to three quarters of an ounce. So you could probably throw a bigger jerk bait. I'm big on jerk baits. I like to throw like a five inch bomber. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, so anything that it, you know, kind of requires a little more meat, that's a really good rod for that. So do you mess with glass um, much too, or do you just mainly do graphite and just go like if you're going for a cranking rod, do you go just graphite <laughs> and something parabolic or do you mess with glass? Too? Uh, no, you know, actually, so Northwork makes this really cool. They call it a Zentron. That's what they call the material, but it's a Zentron hybrid glass blank. And so they have a, uh, I, I built one for myself because crankbaiting is, it's in my top three. That's just one of my favorite things to do. Um, but it's a 705, which means it's a seven foot five power and it's a medium heavy. They recommend, I think, 10 to 17 pound line on it. And, uh, again, that, that rod's really interesting because it's the front one third of it is glass. <clears throat> so it gives you that really good soft tip where when you get a crankbait on the bottom, it really allows the crankbait to work and kind of search when it hits a rock. It doesn't just come up over the rock that rod gives enough that it kind of, you know, oh, allows, yeah. allows the bait to search a little bit and kind of go around the rock. And again, you know, crankbait, a lot of times they'll just get one hook. So you want a very moderate rod <clears throat> so that they have a hard time pulling those, those single hooks. So, um, I love, love hybrid glass rods, um, for certain things. They're fantastic. It's really great for throwing a chatterbait also. 
um, you, you really feel it down there going, you know, wah, 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 wah. so a hit, you know, when you get bit on it, it just, you really feel it because you're feeling that vibration and all of a sudden that vibration just goes away and it's spongy. Yeah. And it lets it um, load up to like glass as well. Cause I've always yeah. fished a chatterbait on glass anyways. I've got like a seven, six <laughs> rod that it's a glass rod that is just a chatterbait rod. Yeah, and it's a dream to fish it like that, right? Oh yeah, for sure. It's so, just it's it, just the right the right you, way. Yeah, and you catch way more fish. I feel like like where if you just go out there like most people and fish like with a seven foot graphite rod, medium heavy with a chatterbait, like most people probably will. Like I feel like with the way you run those, a lot of times you're gonna jerk it, and you know, like around around here especially, like. People are just freaking so aggressive with hook sets anyway. Like, that's always, you know, yeah. anybody I fish with around here, like, it's not like, you know, they've, they they want to set the hook on everything like it's a worm, you know? Like, you know, because, like, right, like, the right. point of using, like, a glass rod anyways is, is like, and, and a moving bait to begin with is, like, let it load up, you know, and just, like, lean into it, you know? And then... Sure. You know, so many people around here, if it's a crankbait, they're like, I mean, I mean, they're hammering it, you know. So how how, right. they, how they go about finding your, uh, or, uh, placing a, a custom rod or. Um, best way is to contact me through Instagram, Francis period rod period co F R A N C I S period rod period co Francis rod company. Uh, I also have a fishing page. It's just kind of dedicated to all my personal, you know, catches. It's yeah. Colorado Trophy Fishing, all one word. Um, you know, shoot me a follow there. Give me a message on the uh, Francis Rodco page if there's something specific, um, you know, that you want. Um, you know, that you want to build your dream rod or if you want to, you know, make, have a really cool custom gift made for somebody, maybe a graduation gift or whatever, you know, I can do, you know, any color scheme and some of the more complex wraps, I kind of typically stay more uh, kind of a minimalist mentality with the, with my rods because I really want them to perform well. So I'm capable of doing all the complex wraps. Generally, I keep things relatively straightforward and simple and just clean and your, to keep them light. And your turnaround time is like unreal compared to anything custom. That, I, that I've noticed, yeah. or you just, like, knocked it out for me, I don't know, or, or is that how you treat everybody? Well, I mean, you know, I sure try. Um, I uh, I try to, you know, buy, when I make a rod order, I try to buy a variety of different things that I know I would want to fish, yeah. and so those are, those are I, I kind of try to get a little variety so that when people do, you know, contact me and say, hey, I want a crankbait rod, I have something that... Um, that uh, will accommodate that really well. Turnaround time really kind of varies um, if it's something really specific that you want. I have to order the blank. Sometimes uh, receiving blanks takes, you know, about two weeks. <clears throat> so sometimes sometimes it can add a little bit of time. But, yeah, I really try to keep my turnaround time, you know, under like the two to three, two to three week range. Gotcha. Um, so you're a – and like your price point too, like – what what's just what's a normal rod of yours you know what are you listing it for so uh, it, it depends on a couple factors um one is the actual rod blank um <clears throat> some of the hybrid glass blanks are pretty affordable 
when you start to get up into the x-ray blanks, some of those blanks alone are over $200 just for the blank. The uh, carbon fiber handle is, you know, can be 30, 40 bucks. Um, and then guides can range from, you know, a more affordable set that are like $30 for the whole set to over $100 for a titanium guide set. Um, there's, again, there's only one, uh, one company in the United States that makes guides It's called REC. I think they're out of Connecticut. They make titanium recoil guides, which are kind of one of my favorites because they're almost unbreakable and they're really lightweight. However, they are very expensive. So as a ballpark, my rods generally start around the 250 to 300 range and can kind of go up from there. So, Um, I mean, that's, uh, and you're using... A Loomis, yeah. a, a Loomis blank that's small batch as opposed to where Loomis now probably, like if you buy a G Loomis rod, it's not at all, although it may be the same blank. I mean, you're basically given that kind of quality at a quarter of the price point. Yeah, well, so it, pretty much. So just, just to uh, clarify that, so G Loomis is actually owned by Shimano. Okay. And they have been for almost 17 years, so... Um, Shimano now, uh, produces everything that G Loomis makes. So they just basically bought the brand from Gary about 17 years ago and have been selling G Loomis rods under that brand for, for that amount of time. So it's not, um, even, but yes, it's not even his stuff anymore. I mean, it may be some of the old correct. specs that they did buy from him that long ago, but otherwise you're basically correct. just buying uh, Shimano rod right with a shelf. fish yeah. skeleton on it. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. Correct. You're you're just buying a brand, and uh, I can't really speak 100 percent to where those blanks are made. I don't believe that those blanks are made in the United States. I could be wrong. I know that they're assembled, meaning the guides are actually wrapped, and that the rods are pretty close to handmade in Washington. G Loomis, um, the brand is still made in Washington. Um, but it is a conglomerate of Shimano at this point. And you did, you are correct. Um, G Loomis, uh, Gary Loomis's new company, North Fork Composites and Edge Rods. That's he, so he builds his own blanks on one side of the building, uh, under North Fork Composites. And then he builds his own finished out rods on the other side, which is Edge Rods. And that facility, that entire facility is under 5,000 square feet. So oh, wow. they are very, yeah, they're very small. Um, and so when you call up and, and talk to people there, you know, you, you get like actual humans that, you know, understand the the business and understand the medium really well. And so they're kind of a pleasure to work with. Um, it's just kind of good old fashioned, um, you know, calling somebody on the phone to placing, to place an order. And I really enjoy that. They really are great, great about answering questions and all that. There's a there's another um, cool thing that you do uh, that I've been a part of and I've been very successful at it. Uh, uh, you like to do a, a raffle every now and then just to get kind of you know kind of get something in somebody's hands that not normally would you know buy something or have the money to buy something. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of started that. Um, to just kind of grow my business, my grow my, my company. I mean, I'm, I'm just a guy that's building these things out of his house. You know, um, I have very high standards for myself and for the things that I produce and that I put my name on. So, 
um, they are expensive and not everybody can afford, you know, 300 plus for, uh, for, uh, for a fishing rod. Um, some, some of the, some of the fishing rods that, uh, Shimano, for instance, and Daiwa, you know, Daiwa Steve, some of those rods are 600 plus. G Loomis, the NRX plus is like right. 600 plus. Right. And so my whole thing is, you know, if, if, if you can spend that kind of money on a fishing rod, that that's a pretty small cross section of people who like to fish. A lot of people kind of draw the line at a hundred or 200 bucks. As you know, you know, not everybody are diehard bass anglers, tournament anglers who really want or can use all of that extra technology. And so the raffles for me were really just a way to kind of get my products into people's hands, let them experience it for themselves, um, you know, in a way that kind of is affordable, you know, for everybody. Um, most of my all of my raffles are 10 bucks for uh, for 10 bucks a spot. And, uh, I just basically use them to pay for, you know, the, the price of the rod and, uh, people have won people like you have won who have bought, you know, oh, 14 what? spots. <laughs> and then my last raffle of the guy that won bought a single spot right. and won. Um, so, you know, it's really just been a great way for me to get my work out there, let people actually experience the, you know, so it's not just me trying to sell and convince somebody that this is the best thing that there is. So people actually get to experience it who, you know, normally might not be able to drop, you know, 300 plus on a fishing yeah. rod. You, so. You've always been great to deal with, um, you know, a, anything that I've ever had to do, you know, you've kind of talked me through it, found out what I was going to use it for and, you know, steered me away. I mean, or, or towards something, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're more. I guess, educated about it than I was, you know, I'm just slap a rod, a reel on a rod and go fishing, you know, and you're like, well, what are you going to, what are you playing? What is it? What, what do you mostly fish for? What do you like to fish for? And, you know, you can, you know, for people like me that would probably be ignorant about it, you know, not as, you know, well known. I mean, you can kind of help them guide them in that situation and, uh, and, and, and make them help them make a decision on what would be best for them. Instead of just going to any, you know, any uh, mega store and just picking a rod up off the off the the rack and just using it, you know, like oh, I made a bad decision. You know, this probably was made for, you know, something else, you know, or or whatever. Like I, I would sure. never know. And and it seems like a lot of you know, like I, I you know, I'm almost embarrassed to ask questions. You know, at, at, or one of the stores, <laughs> or or you get somebody that's just as ignorant as you trying to, you know, this filling a job there. And I've done it. I've been at those jobs where it's like, oh yeah, that's the best for you right there. I have no fucking idea about it, <laughs> you know. And I, but sure. hey, I'm a salesman, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, there you, you know, go. I, I, at the end of the day. I'm, I'm just a big, I'm a fish nerd. I love to fish. I try to do it four or five days a week if I can. And if, if you've learned anything about me over the years, I'd say we've probably known each other for probably close to 10 years now. Definitely. Um, uh, if you've learned anything about me, it's that, you know, I try to be very direct and just very transparent. Yeah. Um, because I fish a lot, I know what fishing rods, I know what it should feel like. I know, what a rod is well suited for 
And so, you know, I really try to build my rods very specific, you know, for certain things. Um, very few of my rods are just kind of all purpose rods. And I do have a few that you can really do a lot of different things with, yeah. but I really enjoy building a rod that's for, you know, specifically for moving baits or specifically yeah. for, for, for dragging a jig. Um, uh, and that's how I fish. You know, I have rods that I don't put anything but a jig on. Um, I have rods that mostly I throw a spinner bait or a chatter bait on. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, don't ever be afraid to ask questions to anybody that's hearing this at all. I'm happy to answer questions and I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but I've been doing it for a while. I've been fishing since I was a small child. Um, my first solo bass, I was five years old. I think, uh, my dad was an avid duck hunter and angler. And, um, you know, it's just something that I kind of eat, breathe and sleep. So I'm always, always happy to, you know, to help point people in the right direction or to kind of help educate them on, you know, yeah, what the best purpose, what the best purpose for any fishing rod is. So, so, so what, um, what else are you involved in? Um, well, uh, geez, what am I not involved in? Exactly. Uh, I do metal I do metal fabrication, mostly on kind of on cars and, and hot rods and that kind of stuff. I also do aluminum anodizing, as you know. Uh, you, I'm sure you, sure you have some of my anodized work somewhere definitely, in your collection. Definitely. If you do it, I do it. <laughs> if I know them, you know. And, and uh, what? I mean, like if, if, like if you, like if, if a friend of mine, if, a, if somebody I know offers that service, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I, I guess help them out. I'm going to, that's where I'm going to go, you know? Yeah. And again, I really appreciate your support over the years. You know, um, there are, I'm not the only anodizer in the world. Um, no. but again, you know, we know each other through paintball and, yeah. um, most of my anodized work is on high end paintball markers. And, um, you know, again, I really just kind of in, enjoy it and, you know, I, big paintballer for several years. And yeah. so it's just something that I'm, I'm really familiar with. And do you still play you know, I take pride, in, take pride in my work. Do you still play paintball? Um, I do not nearly as much as I wish I could. It's an expensive sport. Way too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is a lot, it is a lot of fun. I play when I can. I do still have a handful of paintball markers that are kind of my babies that I'll probably never sell, even if I don't really use them. Yeah, um, I've got some yeah, cool I ones still... that people stole, or I had, <laughs> I had cool ones. Yeah, that's man, a, I, feel you like know, we, I feel like we paintballers are shitty people, man. I, I'm just gonna go ahead man, and tell you all over. I, I mean, you meet I the feel worst like we, of the worst. You know, I feel like we all have a story like that. Oh, yeah. It sucks to say that, but man, it's so, it's true. You still doing the grow stuff out in Colorado too? Um, not really a whole lot. Um. So, you know, as you guys may know, Colorado was the first state to legalize recreational, the sale of recreational cannabis. So we kind of started it and then many other states kind of, you know, followed suit. Um, I think Washington was number two. Now I want to say there's like 20 states in the United States that have some sort of either uh, medical or recreational law uh, for, you know, selling cannabis. So I used to run, um, uh, you know, big legal grow operations and and even before that uh might have been in the gray area for a few years also um but uh well that's how you I've learned about of, it right yeah yeah, yeah, it's just, it, yeah you gotta cut yeah, your teeth somewhere yeah. right 
driving driving a race car is not always legal, right? Right, definitely. <laughs> you want to get good at it, you got to break the speed limit sometimes. I mean, I know we talked about it, uh, you know, a long time ago, and uh, you know, I'm I'm, I mean, totally ignorant about it, but you know, listening to your passion and you know, that's what kind of kind of got me to like, well, if he's passionate about that and breaks it down to the very littlest, you know, smallest detail, then he's got to be passionate about everything he does. And the science. Yeah, you usually, know, usually and, I, I like throw shit at the guy, wall. If this guy can grow some good weed, he can surely make a good fishing rod. <laughs> That's right. That's what, I mean, <laughs> Basically, I think you right? have it's the same to, thing. Yeah. I think you have to be, you know, step out of your normal, you know, your normal well, mindset. It's, it's, and, it's tedious and it requires a lot of time. Exactly. You know, like everything you're talking about doing it sounds like a bunch of shit that I don't want to fool with, you know? So it's like, <laughs> thank goodness well, there's people you know, like you. It's like, it's like anything. It's like building a race car motor. You know, you you don't take that, you don't take that job to a plumber. You know, you, you take it to somebody who eats, breathes and sleeps hot rod stuff, who really understands how an engine operates. And for me, you know, I, I, fortunately I'm involved in things that I'm passionate about and it just doesn't make sense for me to half-ass something if I'm going to do it. And especially if my name is somehow attached to it, I want to make sure that it's right and that people are you know, uh-huh. happy with it. And I have, I'm really self-critical of myself. So there are some things that I don't think will pass my standards that other people are like, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. But, um, you know, I have, I have very high standards and, um, anything that I get my hands into, I really try to do well. Um, and you know, it's just kind of who I am. And so, um, you know, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because I am hard on myself sometimes, but it's really how you get good at anything. Um, you know, the best athletes, the best race car drivers, those people jump in with both feet and they live the life and that's, that's how they became who they are, you know? And I feel you. And, and so, you know, I just try to kind of live by that and show some sense of pride and, uh, in my, my work and, um, you know, just extend that passion and everything that I do. So when, so, when Tennessee, uh, legalizes, you're going to come down and, uh, show me how to set up. Yeah. I'll set, you, I'll set you guys up. Right. Yeah. I, I know, you know, yeah. I know, you know what makes a great product. So, uh, so we'll sure. definitely, uh, yeah. be calling well, you. I've you been know, trying to get you to move down here for years. So, Maybe one day. Yeah, well, we we may have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as far as like one of the things I've always thought about is that, you know, it seems like if you're ahead of the time and you're ready when it does happen, like here, for example, um, it seems like it would be like a really good business to be in. Uh, were you kind of in on the – the forefront of uh, legalization and stuff when you got your business uh, and got involved in that business and stuff? Yeah. So I'll kind of give you a really quick little, um, like a brief once over of how it happened here. But, you know, for the first couple of years, we had medical marijuana here and it was kind of the wild west. There wasn't a lot of regulation. There were dispensaries and, you know, anybody, literally anybody that had a medical card could walk into a dispensary with a backpack full of different kinds of weed and go into the back room office and pull a manager aside and say, Hey, I've got this product. Do you want to buy it? And they would. And so in the very beginning, there wasn't a lot of regulation. It was kind of the wild west. It was very free. 
And um, that's, that's how it started. And, and we have progressed into this thing now where it's a ton of regulation, a ton of oversight. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Um, it's been kind of corporatized for the most part. Right. Um, and so um, recreational and medicinal weed here is really, it's really kind of fallen in quality. It's fallen quite a bit because a lot of the people who got involved purely got involved for the sake of money and not really for the sake of, you know, taking pride in their craftsmanship, their, their work, their, the quality of their weed. So um, I've really gotten to see sort of a big ebb and flow of, um, of, you know, the cannabis world here, uh, the, the peaks and valleys, so to speak. I kind of feel like we're in a valley here. That's a very, saturated market and because everybody has really tried to produce it for the lowest bottom dollar it's really kind of dropped the quality of it gotcha so um but i've I've really kind of gotten to see the good and the bad around it hey there how's it going i'm on the phone i'll get back to you here in a second um so you know i've really gotten to see the um uh you know the entire uh the big picture of it i've kind of seen it you know yeah, in a in a really good for a really good state, and maybe not such a great state. I've seen it kind of declining, and I think the more the the big reason behind that and behind the sort of the dec- declination of it um, is that all of these other states are now coming online with you know either a medical program or a recreational program. States like Oklahoma are now producing you know tons tons and tons of of weed, and so. You know, it used to be that California was one of the big states for weed production for the entire country. Uh, Washington and Oregon uh, were kind of in the forefront. The whole West Coast was kind of the producers. And then a lot of that weed was black market and would get pushed other places in the in the country. And uh, in Colorado, you know, we kind of were a little bit late to the party, but we sort of became uh, sort of a oh hub for 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 weed production around like 2010, 2012, <clears throat> when it really started to hit here. And then, um, you know, we started kind of getting our hands, not we collectively, but the state of Colorado, the people who were growing weed here started, you know, a lot of that weed was going to the Midwest, to the South. Now there are these other states that have come online that are closer to those destinations where, people don't have to go as far to get that product. So even though it's black market or gray area, there's just a lot more of it on the market. Yeah. If and, you're not um, around here, if you're not, if you're not uh, putting fentanyl in it and sending it down here, we don't want any part of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's, man, that's, that's a whole nother topic. That's really a scary thing going on. Dude, right oh, now dude, in the world. dude like I know people personally are uh, known a couple people <laughs> That, um, like somebody here pretty recently, I don't even know why, like, I mean, for probably, I mean, a long time of my life, probably 10 to 12 years, I mean, I smoked weed every day. I don't anymore. It just kind of hit that phase. I've always heard, you know, I'd be around some old heads and stuff that would talk about it back in the day that would be like, yeah, man, I used to smoke weed, but it just started making me paranoid and shit. And I finally got to that point where it really just... It made me anxious to smoke it anymore, you know, but I kind of got out of that. Like I got out of the, 
out of smoking and stuff before fentanyl became so prevalent, man. And I know people, uh, guy here recently, old guy, you know, probably around 60 years old, man, smoked weed his entire life. He was actually, actually a, uh, bail bondsman. And, um, they found him dead in his office and that's all he ever did, man, was smoke weed. They found it in his system. It was, uh, when, wow. he, when he died, yeah, Damn. just weed and, uh, and so, watch out what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. fentanyl. I mean, you never know. But what possesses that's somebody? Really, that's really yeah. sad. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the thing is, like, I feel like, and not to take, like, because it's such a, I mean, that, that, you know, fentanyl around here especially, because I know so many people that have been directly affected by it. I mean, like, I don't want to sound um, insensitive by saying this, but, like, you know the game you're playing when you are messing with heroin or pills that could be pressed. Heron. Yeah, heron. Yeah, sure. when you're messing with heron and yeah. stuff and meth, you know, you know, like you know, you know the game you're playing, man. Like you're messing sure. with some shit yeah. that's highly tampered with. Yeah. But like the, the yeah, average, those are, well, those are those those are hard drugs that kill people. Period. The, yeah, it fentanyl or not, you know yeah. what I'm saying. But like when yeah. you're when yeah. when a guy like that is just smoking weed, you know what I'm saying. Like that's one of those deals. Yeah. It's like he had no intentions of ever doing anything that was like risking his life when it came to catching a little yeah. whiz. You know what I'm yeah. saying. So yeah, and you know, and that's the other thing too is that you know I feel like like weed and and fentanyl they just don't belong together anyway. You know. Um, I know a lot of really great people, very professional people, people in law enforcement, all kinds of different people who smoke weed and are very, you know, very good, very down to earth people. And you don't ever hear somebody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I know a lot yeah. of responsible people and highly successful people, not just, you know, uh, monetary wise, but like that are just doing good things in life and taking care of people, take care of their families and all that smoke weed. I mean, not out of sure. hand, you know, they're not out of hand with it because like, that's one thing I've always thought, like anything, anything in moderation for the that's most okay. part is, is okay. Yeah. You know, but well, yeah. And you know, we're, we're all consenting adults. In my opinion, alcohol is much more dangerous than weed is. Um, one thing to consider with weed and something, you know, that you said a minute ago is that you used to smoke and anymore it makes you anxious. You know, one thing to, to understand about weed these days is that the potency between the stuff that's you know, that's available now and what they were smoking back in the seventies and eighties. We're, we're literally talking about, you know, about weed that's four times as potent as right. that, as right, that, right, that sure. weed was or more. Some of the, they did testing on a lot of that, uh, the weed back then, the THC levels were in the five to 10% range. And now we're pushing 25%. So my, my boys um, is always saying, Hey man, you got to try this. It'll melt your face off. I, I don't know if I want my face melted. You know? I, I don't well, really so want to know you, that. You know, you know, from personal experience too. If I take a break and I try to go back to smoking, it's almost a little uncomfortable at first. You got to be, you got to just take a little tiny puff, and you know, you get a little too high. You got to go sleep it off. Um, uh, I know people who used to smoke weed, really enjoyed it, and quit, and they're like, you know, I can't do it now. It gets me too high. Yeah. My advice for them is, you know, get get a little, if you really want to start smoking it or you have some medicinal, you know, something medicinal that it helps with, take a little tiny toke and, and go to sleep and kind of get your tolerance up over a few days and before you actually try to, you know, sit down and roll yourself a doobie. Does, and go to does, catch it, a, catch does it go bite. Does it go hand in hand with fishing or no? Does it mix well with it? Oh, it does. Uh, <laughs> for me, for me, absolutely. Um <laughs> 
weed weed is a very internal thing for me. It really gets my my wheels turning. It really heightens my my own personal creativity. And it really just helps me get into what I'm doing. I'm probably a little ADHD no, hey, anyway. No wonder, no wonder these eyes are all fucked up on this rod. <laughs> <laughs> I was real high when I built that one. Oh, man, no, and it just kind of, you know, we were just kind of sitting here tonight take, talking about it. I just brought the rod up and I was like, man, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, you know. While we're talking about that again, I want to bring something else up about the casting and all that stuff on my rod. Yeah, something yeah. that's uh, um, something that I wanted to uh, bring up. Um, you said that you handed it to somebody and they said that it, it casts really great. Um, and I want to kind of explain the spiral wrapping again. Uh, I don't really feel like we kind of covered that, but I want to give you at least three good reasons why spiral wrapping is better on a bay caster. Um, one is the castability, the distance. So when the reel, when you cast a bait and the line is coming off of your reel, it has to go through each guide, obviously. Right. So the more, the more guides that you have on a rod, the more friction it creates on the line. It doesn't seem like much, but when you eliminate one or two guides, we're talking about a, you know, 10, 10 to 15% decrease in friction on the line going out. So the line comes off of the reel better with less drag through the rod, and it's not, it it restricts the 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 cast. Uh, I'm sorry, it, re, it restricts the the line coming through, adds a little friction, and you know, kind of keeps the line a little tighter coming out of the rod while that line is coiling through the guides. So by spiral wrapping one, you you uh, reduce the friction on the line. That's first and foremost for castability. If you're really trying to bomb a crankbait, baits that you need to really cast way out there, um, uh, that's one of the first things. Uh, second thing is uh, the weight. We kind of already touched on that a little bit. Um, the the weight difference is is doesn't seem like very much out of the gate, but um, if you were to quantify that to something, you would actually see scientific data that would actually show that it's it's lighter, it's more sensitive. Gary Loomis actually came up with a really here's a little side side note trivia for you. Gary Loomis came out with a system that all companies use for testing sensitivity on a rod blank. Basically, what they do is they send a frequency through the rod at the tip, let's say hypothetically 80 hertz, and then they listen at the butt end for loss. So if you put an 80 in and you're only getting 70 back, you have a 10% or a 10, 10 hertz, yeah, 10 dB loss coming through the rod. So it's a way that everybody can kind of quantify the sensitivity of a rod. Um, so just a little fun, just for fun facts there you, for you guys. He's a fucking but. scientist. Use the shit, man. <laughs> so and and so last last but probably most importantly, uh, what spiral wrapping does is by transferring the guide train from the top of the rod down to the bottom, it basically makes it handle like a spinning rod does. Now, if you have casted a spinning rod a lot, when you um, catch a fish, the, the guides, because they're on the bottom of the rod blank, they naturally sort of tilt the rod the direction that the fish is. So because it's pulling from the bottom of the rod blank, it has the tendency to stand basically to point the reel at the fish. And with a bait caster, a traditional bait caster, when the guides are on top, the because the line is pulling through the top of the guide, the the guides, 
it tends to pull the top of the rod over. So you kind of have to fight the reel a little bit more because the reel naturally wants to go to the side. It wants to tilt, you know, because the line is pulling on the top of the, of the rod. Well, with a, a spiral wrap, you don't have that extra fatigue factor of having to fight the reel. And most people would not really notice it initially, but if you fish a spiral wrap baitcaster enough, you'll actually notice that it's a little easier on oh, on your wrist. And definitely. for me, I, I, I fish a baitcaster a lot. I just had a tournament here on Saturday. And the next day after a, a tournament of holding a fishing rod all day long, my hand gets tired. Yeah. Uh, um, and so eliminating that fatigue is another sort of performance thing about a spiral wrap that in my opinion is a very, very worthwhile approach. I've been married for 10 years. My grip's very important. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> so. no. You got a lot you got a lot of kids. You got a, I, you got I, an awful lot of kids to be saying that. Oh, it's uh, and they're all about they're all born about the same time of year, you know. I, I got I got kids that are one day apart. I get it. Once a year on my birthday. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, Man, I just I just learned a lot about being married. That's it, brother. Yeah, but hey, hey, you know it, it's cool. It's not always great, but you know it's always it it, it man it it. Outweighs the bad, I'll tell you that. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, we are, we are, I'm just I'm just taking on you, but there's definitely. probably some truth, probably some truth to all of those yeah. things. Man, <laughs> I, dude, I, I'm I'm stoked you got to got to come on and stuff. I, I I know I didn't mean to make it run over this far for you. I know you've got work to do. And Ross, yeah, no, it's fine. So. I, yeah, it's fine. I appreciate the conversation. Uh, it was definitely fun. Thank you guys for having me. Oh man, awesome! Good man. talking we'll, to yeah, you. Yeah, we'll man. Uh, you know uh, give a uh, let us know where to find you one more time, and uh, man, we'll 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 get some people your way. And uh, I'm yeah, sure I'm gonna hit you up for the smallmouth rod. That's too, it. Man. That's it. So, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've got one with your name on it. Just just let me know when you're ready. It's got some really cool laser engraving. It's kind of an experimental thing I've been messing with too. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, um, Francis Rod Co. Francis period Rod period Co. On Instagram, uh, Colorado Trophy Fishing, all one word. Those are my two uh, accounts for Instagram. I don't really use Facebook too much. I will probably get a little bit more involved uh, with that. You can find me there just by my my personal name. My first name's Matt. My last name's Jerson. J U R C I N. Uh, if Instagram's not your thing, feel free to look me up. I would definitely, uh, you know, uh, open to having a conversation with whoever's interested. And, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of, kind of my socials in a nutshell. Um, if anybody, if anybody's ever in the state of Colorado, I'm actually, uh, working on getting my fish, my guiding permit here. And so next Next year, I plan to start um, guiding full time. I also guide uh, ice fishing here in the winter months, That's which is really about. a lot of fun. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got to get up there. It's really that. fun. You really do. You should come out. You should come out for New Year's or just after. Is that New ice Year's strong enough for my fat ass to get on? <laughs> I don't want to. Oh be, yeah, I don't want to be out there with that shit. You know, <clears throat> it gets cold here. We have ice sometimes that hits 30 inches. Damn. They say you can drive a. They say you can drive an eighteen wheeler on ten. So 
Cool. Um, yeah, awesome. we, we have lots of ice. We have some really great fishing here. Uh, it's mostly trout, but we have some really great walleye and bass fishing here as well. And I uh, would love to have you. So you're always yeah, welcome. You know that. Both, brother. both you guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate the time, man. And, uh, man, I'll, I'll keep in touch with you, brother. That sounds real good. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, and uh, thanks again for having me. Yeah, thank right, you. See you, See you, buddy. Take it easy. All right. <laughs> Next section of the show. <laughs> it's crazy. Boy, Matt. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a little, like I said, man, Matt, if, if he does it, man, he's a scientist of it. Yeah. And that's, I bring my rod in. Will dogs it. You I know, didn't dog the rod. You looked at dude. it. You just a bit. This is this. And then. It was a. He, that's what he did does. Expect, he knocks on my shit. Did you expect me to be like, oh, dude, this is cool? Actually, I, I kind of did, you know? I did dude, bring I it to you. I ever do that about anything? I'll take the shit back. Yeah, I ever do that about anything? Everything I bring you. I say it's cool. Everything I bring it. No, no, not at first. Not at first. But, uh, dude, yeah. That's part of it. I mean, it's obviously a joke, dude. You so, know it. So what, so, so what do you got going on the rest of the week? Nothing? Cutting hair, man. Cutting hair. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to play some golf on Wednesday. I don't know about this fishing stuff. I'm going to let it get a little cooler, I guess. Um, well, it's not. Hey, there's no reason. It's right now. Hey, man, it's uh, waiting for smallmouth season. That's it. So, but uh, smallmouth season. Yeah. But yeah, I got a I got a new set of sticks this week. Um, um, I didn't hit them great, but you know I'm going to keep on keeping on. You know. So hey, man. How's the fantasy looking? Uh, I'm 0 Check 3. It. Check it. I'm 0 see, 3. See how my game's going. Let's see, Will. What about them Broncos? Uh, I'm the, I am definitely the worst in the league right now. It's uh, hey. They've scored uh, 37 points all year. Yeah. What Let's about see. that? Let's see here. I, I lost this week. Uh, how am I going? Uh, you're losing. Let me see. I've been you're losing. losing. You're not gonna win. Oh yeah, I am. It's dude. I'm on. I'm definitely on pace to win. Okay, he says he's going on pace to win. You know, I wouldn't put it in the Cowboys' hands to do it. Well, I'm not putting it in the Cowboys' hands. I'm at halftime, and I need eleven points. Pollard's got seven. Um, see, Lamb's got four. Yeah, it's not gonna happen, bro. Um, <laughs> whatever you say, Rodney. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm zero three in the league. I didn't, hey, I left. Wheels zero two. I left a uh, see uh, Hunter Renfro yeah, was hurt that. and yeah. I didn't put you him didn't in. Put so, it. so so you didn't um, even watching what you're doing. No, I wasn't because I was a on kid a golf with a trip. Damn... I was on a golf trip. But look, this is the guy that's always talking smack to me, yeah, and he's gonna bust your ass again. That little well, look, kid. look, hey, I didn't have I have a guy out that wasn't even playing. So because that's just poor ass team management, right there. It's called not having service, dude. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get you. Yeah, I just, I mean, look, the scores this week are not good. You got to beat. Hey, I would have beat everybody but one guy this week. But that's that's the kind of scores. Guess, that's the and kind then, of guess we need, dude. Like, I literally haven't talked at all. Is that good or bad? It's probably good. Yeah, I don't know. You were all pissed off today. You're like, ooh, it's gonna be a. What is it? Would you say uh, it's gonna be a, a, a tester today? <laughs> It was, wasn't it? But it was good, man. I, I enjoyed it. Great, enjoyed it. great spur of the moment guess. Hey, hey, Maddie always comes through, bro. 
What are your white rod? Yeah, I'm thinking the the title's going to be Casting and Cannabis. Casting and Cannabis. All right, you heard it first right here. With uh, Matty Jerson. Matty Jerson. Yeah. You're actually going to see it before you hear that. Definitely, definitely. But... Well, uh, I mean, do you think people will make it that long into the podcast to hear uh, them talk about? The well, weed? I mean, if they if they wanna if they wanna you know see what the cannabis is about, see what the cannabis is about, or it's fishing is is fun, you know. But, you know, a lot of golfers fish, a lot of fishers golf, a lot of fishers uh, smoke, a lot of golfers smoke, um, a lot of smokers golf and fish. Definitely, definitely, uh, not a lot of people zero and three in fantasy league. But there's about to be two of them here <laughs> <laughs> on our podcast. That sucks, dude. We should make a side bet, like who finishes better right here. No, who finishes worse? Worse? I don't know. Oh, oh, let's do like the tattoo league yes. right here, me and you. Okay. I get to pick yours, whoever finishes worse right here. Uh, Haley's going to get mad. Hey, come on, you got a bunch of shit on your arm too. Yeah, but your stuff's kind of. Yeah, my stuff is kind of fucked up. So, uh, uh, wait, no, you're going to be like. Get, uh, I mean, it's not like dicks or anything. We can't put dicks on us, but I no, mean, like get Forrest Gump's leg brace or some shit. Nothing crazy, dude. Just like something what? to say. What? Give me. I don't know. I have to get a little sandbars and bunkers tattoo. I'll get that now. What? Okay, fine then. Shit. I don't know. Burt Reynolds on their right ass cheek. Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Y'all 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 message in. Uh let us know. Let us know what would uh what would be good and uh I'm down for it because I'm confident in my league. We just got off to a rocky start. Uh Wills. No, put it. No, the the bet is <laughs> winner loses the most. No, wait 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 a minute. The what? Winner. Whoever loses the most gets it. No. That's bullshit. No. I'm not going to try to do shitty in my league, man. I, no, I've got you to... have to play it normal because you're trying to win the 200 and whatever dollars. I don't care about that shit. Uh, and I don't care about getting a tattoo. All right, then. Uh, so either way, we win something. I guess. All right. All right. Whatever. Whatever y'all think should be fun. How about? We got to pick something in here. It's got to be a tattoo of something hanging on your wall. Okay. I'm going to get a fucking Space Jams tattoo. I got that. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. I got a monster on my arm. Son of a bitch. Oh, it's right there. So oh. I can't I can't take that one. Uh, we got to get a Portland Panthers. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah, not. you are. No, I will not do that. A little Bubba Watson sweet spot. There you go. We'll figure it out. No. How about how about the team name? That's what? bad. If you had to get the team name, my like, team name. If like no, if I lose, if 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 I lose, <laughs> or if, yeah, if I lose, I have to get your team name. The Buster <laughs> Spleen. <laughs> and if you lose, you gotta get mine. What is it? What is your paper, paper, Portland Peepers? Yeah. Portland Peepers or uh, Buster Spleen? Do you know what Peepers are? People that like look in. No. Like, Do you know what a Peeper is? No, I don't. It's a wiener. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. Yeah, that's what I used to call. That's what I used to call my junk back in the day. There you go. A Peeper? My Peeper, yeah. There you go. When I was a little uh, kid. It is. You probably still call it that. I do. That's it. All right. That's what a Peeper is. 
Oh, well, all right. Matt, what? Whoa, whoa. What? Where are you trying I, to I'm go? Trying to Where are you trying to go? You're the one that said, let's cut this shit short, you know? Where are you trying to go? No, I'm man, trying I to talk. get to the house, man. You got to go? No, not really. I, you've only drank a sip of sangria. Just a sip. It's gone. I ain't got another one. You going to smash another one? Nah. nah. Shotgun it. No. No, definitely Shotgun not. it, Definitely dude. not. Funnel it. Definitely not. Oh shit! I get I get to play golf with Craig again this week. We're probably going to do something this weekend. I know you're fishing or whatever. So nah, I don't know what I'm doing. So you going to play golf with us this weekend? What day? Saturday. Yeah, I got to work. After you work, dude. That's in the evening. Saturday. It's still Saturday. It gets dark early now. We can get 18 in. Where are you going to go? Probably somewhere close. Wherever you want to go. You have two guests out there? What? Hell no. <laughs> you don't want Craig over to your fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, it would. Actually, <laughs> that would be would awesome. And it, dude, hey, hey. I know, pro- I know you like Craig. He's a, oh, yeah. He's probably about perfect for there, honestly. Like, if honestly, if we just like took him down there and like, hey, Craig, you want to go grab a beer? Like, man, you should just take him down to the bar oh, and, and leave. Just let it ride. No, dude. just go down there, take him down there, and then leave. And yeah, like, just let him go. I guarantee you, like, we'd probably get a you get a call from Craig like the next day, like, dude, I've been, I was there till eleven o'clock uh, last night. I think he's gonna work. He, he's gonna work on Sunday early. So I thought he I mean, if you're, if you're down, if you're down, let's 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 try to find some place to play. I'll figure out what's up. Okay. All right. Um, but. I need to worry about cutting a lot of hair this week. Do it up. Um, I ain't got an appointment. You want one? Uh, I just got it last week. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well. Are you ready to get out of here? No. No, you're going to stay. You're going to stay for the one bitching about staying late. Okay. I'm staying all night. Hey, I'm in for the long haul then, too. All right. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Shit. Another day, I guess. Maybe there's somebody out there digging in the dumpster again. Maybe we could get them in here. Oh, dude, did I tell you? I, we need to We need to do that. What? Just like get a Random, guy. Randos? Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been I check- think that would be really interesting. <clears throat> My boy AJ, the fact checker, sent me a uh, – he sends me uh, um, – Do you think you could call AJ and get him? <laughs> I want to talk to him real quick. I ain't, Just ain't calling break. AJ tonight. Why? Because it's not time to call him. We'll call. We'll say. Well, no, we didn't. We need ten minutes because I gotta ask him about the last episode. What about the last? He didn't watch it. No, he did. He what he say? He talked right, about how bad it was. How let's call yeah, it up. Yeah, let me talk to him because he won't. He won't expect us to be doing this. No, stuff. no, he's gonna who's up. I'm gonna act like I'm gonna be sick tomorrow and see what he says. And then <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pop on and then because didn't he talk <laughs> shit about our last episode? I think he did. Hang on one second. Wasn't he like that was so boring? There we go. Here we go. Here. Who is it? <laughs> He's probably playing PlayStation, dude. It's all he does. It's all he does. All right, his ass is fired. Not answering the phone. Please leave your message.
Let's leave no, him. no, I leave him. In a Ain't nobody gonna call. He'll call him. back. He'll call back. That's the way he goes. I mean, well, that backfired. Good job, Will. Let's go through your phone. Let's just start rant. Just start calling. We're on live. Oh, okay. We've been right. on Instagram live this whole time. The whole time. Oh shit! I've been scratching my balls and picking my nose and everything else. So I forgot a couple times. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. So. Well, uh, yeah, so uh, so Saturday it is. You going to play? I don't know. What time you get out of here Saturday? I don't know. Okay. Well, shit. Sunday? I don't know. Probably not. Wait, that's probably when I'm going to take my kids fishing. All right. <coughs> oh, that's cool. Well, well, shit. I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. What, appreciate people what? tuning in. Appreciate people tuning in no, all the way to no, this yeah, bullshit. Hey, you're welcome. All the way to this bullshit. You're welcome. All right. You're welcome, everybody. We're going to get on out of here.